Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we're able to be together to start this day in prayer. Today is Tuesday, and this is now the twelfth week since Pentecost. Today we continue our reading of Mark's Gospel. And now we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding Word of God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the tenth chapter, beginning at the first verse. Jesus left that place and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan. And crowds again gathered around him, and, as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came, and to test him, they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then, in the house of the disciples, he asked. Then, in the house, the disciples asked him again about the matter. He said to them, "Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery." The Pharisees asked Jesus a question about divorce. They asked they asked the question to test him. It's interesting to note that in Jesus' day, just like today, questions about divorce were asked more to test than to learn. Pharisees hoped to discern from his answer which side Jesus is on, to identify his school of thought and to see if he supports them or if he supports their adversaries. In the same way, people ask all kinds of questions today just to see whose side we're on, not to listen or to learn any answers, 
it seems that uh, we are more interested in seeing if people are progressive or conservative than we are about learning what it is in Scripture that says, uh, what it is that Scripture says, and how we can learn. And the same is going on in this story. But Jesus' answer reveals more than we usually notice. If we listen to what Jesus is saying, if we follow his line of thinking, we will learn quite a bit. Before Jesus answers, he asks to consider the text and the precedent in the law. What does Moses say? Moses outlines a process for divorce, and it is at this point that the discussion around this topic would usually turn to questions about on what grounds is the writing of a certificate of divorce justifiable. The more liberal interpretation might find grounds for divorce simply in a husband's displeasure or in some dissatisfaction with a wife who fails to live up to his expectation. A more conservative reading might find grounds for divorce only in cases of infidelity, only when a woman is guilty of adultery. Notice, too, how the whole justifying process is about a husband standing in judgment over his wife. Jesus, however, takes another path. He does not go down the usual road to haggle over what justifies a righteous divorce. Instead, Jesus goes to the heart of the problem of divorce in the first place. It is because of your hardness of heart that Moses gave you this commandment. It is because of sin. Jesus said, It is not to permit divorce that Moses hands down this ruling. It was to provide a process and some legal protection for the bride and her family. It was to constrain and regulate a custom that was already in place in all its hard-hearted cruelty. The lingering cruelty also reveals the motives behind the two schools of thought around the interpretation of Moses' regulation. Interpretations often reveal aims. If you look to protect and establish the unquestionable rights and privileges of men, you lean one way. If you look to provide legal protection for women in an orderly way of regulating something that is already a matter of honor and shame, life and death, you might lean another way. Jesus' answer tells us two things. First, the regulation is from Moses. And second, the law acts to constrain and regulate sin, limiting its damage. But it is powerless to change human hard-heartedness. Also, Jesus seems to turn the tables at the end on the power of men and declares them adulterers, which, by the way, is how he refers to those who have turned away from the faith and love of God and love for neighbor to follow instead the rules and regulations handed down by human beings, especially those who let partisan issues eat away at their love and compassion. He also, of course, includes women in this in kind of an equal way, uh, including them uh, in the, the looking for a divorce in, uh, in, in seeking that. But always going after that heart, that heart that is turned away uh, from love and, and, and fear of God. In the end, Questions that are designed to test a person are usually asked to cover the hard-hearted and self-justifying intentions of the one asking the question. That includes us. But when we learn that Jesus can see right through us, when will we learn that?
when will we learn also that Jesus has come to take away our hearts of stone and give us a new heart? When will we learn that Jesus has come to forgive us for all our unfaithfulness and to restore our heart to our Lord? Amen. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ, for all of your gifts of healing and forgiveness, your gift of grace that removes our hard-heartedness and gives us your own heart, and your forgiveness that draws us always back to you, for the gift of relationships with others, for the joy that we find in these close and intimate relationships that are your gift and for the communion of faith in your church. For what else are we especially thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who are sick, for those who are mourning, for those who care for the sick and tend to the dying, for those who walk with and comfort the bereaved, for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For what else or for who else do we pray this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.